0: Greetings and welcome to the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. Listen on VHHA.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get podcasts. We're also on the radio each Saturday at noon and Sunday at 10 a.m. on 100.5 FM, 107.7 FM, 92.7 FM, and 820 a.m. across Central Virginia, and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. on 93.9 FM in Richmond. Please send any questions, comments, or feedback to Podcast at VHHA.com. Again, that's PCFpodcast at VHHA.com. And today we're pleased to be joined by Tiffany Hirsch, an EMT with the Richmond Ambulance Authority, for a conversation about her work and the importance of infant CPR and how that technique helped save her young son's life. So with that, welcome to the show, Tiffany, and thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, we appreciate you being with us. And so before we discuss your family and your son, Tiffany, I am interested to hear about your work as an EMT. You've been with the Richmond Ambulance Authority for five years now, as I understand it. Many of us have seen the flashing lights of an ambulance or a rescue vehicle at some point, but I suspect many people are probably curious about the work of EMT. So if you would, can you just tell us a little bit about what your work entails or the kinds of patients and situations you might encounter during a regular shift? Of course.
1: As an EMT, I'm actually an EMT basic, so I ride along with a paramedic most of the time. And in the city of Richmond, we take care of both non-emergent transports, which would be discharges from hospitals and some dialysis patients in the city, as well as our typical 911 calls that we get throughout the city. And on a given call, we get a call to our computer and we get an address. We get details about the caller and the patient and we go to where we are told to get on scene. We, we run our calls and we transport to the hospital. And there's definitely some intense calls but for the most part, we you know, we do our job, we get in there and we you know, take care of everyone, treat everybody and, and hopefully get them going.
0: Well, it's really important work. I mean, often people are in very vulnerable or precarious situations when uh, they need to call an ambulance and so that's the first encounter a lot of people have with the healthcare system when they have a medical crisis or emergency. So, you guys do really important work and it's good to know that you folks are out on the street. Do you wish you could focus on practicing medicine without all the distractions? Coveris is here to help. As a leader in medical professional liability insurance with more than 45 years experience, Coveris provides insurance protection with data-driven predictive modeling to help you mitigate the risk of claims. By combining insurance protection with risk analytics services, you can reduce distractions and focus on improving clinical, operational, and financial outcomes. Coveris is reinventing what you should expect from your medical professional liability provider. Find out all Covaris can offer you at Covaris.com. That's C O V E R Y S.com. Insurance products issued by Medical Professional Mutual Insurance Company and its insurance subsidiaries, Boston, Massachusetts. So in the intro, we did mention your son, Grayson. Great name, by the way. I have a son named Grayson also.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Yeah.
0: And when you and your husband were expecting, as I understand it, you learned that your son had heart defects, which ultimately required corrective surgery. As a parent, I can only imagine how difficult that news is to hear. But for your family, you had a more harrowing experience in the summer of 2020 when your son, who was still an infant, stopped breathing and you had to revive him using your EMT training. So as you think back to that time, what can you tell us about that situation and what happened and how you had to to jump into action?
1: Yeah, so like you said, we did find out at our 20 week scan that Grayson had multiple heart defects, and when he was born, we were expecting him to have open heart surgery within the first week of him being alive. And you know, we were blessed that his heart ended up being a little bit different. He got discharged from the hospital. We brought him home. He was five and a half weeks old, and he was actually getting a bottle from my husband in his arms while I was taking a couple minutes to myself as a mom taking a shower, and my husband. Brings upstairs our son who is blue at this time. And in my experience and in the field being an EMT, we deal with cardiac arrest quite often. We deal with overdoses quite often and you get used to seeing it on an adult, but not on a child. The youngest child that I had was 12 years old who was in cardiac arrest and Natural instincts really just kicked in, and I'm so very thankful that I had that training, the CPR training, to be able to help bring him back. I am a true believer in the fact that if I did not have that training, he would not be here today. And I think it's just so important for everybody to really make sure that they have the basic knowledge of CPR if they are ever met with a similar circumstance situation which I hope nobody has to, but CPR is very, very important to us now.
0: And you mentioned your son has had surgery, so can you just give us an update? I think I hear him in the background. Is he healthy and (laughs) active and in the toddler stage at this point?
1: He is. He had his open heart surgery at seven weeks old, so he was actually intubated for about a week and a half before He had his open heart surgery. He has not needed to have any other interventions with his heart, which we are so very blessed to be able to say. We still keep an eye on him, and he's followed very closely by his cardiology team. He is a very, very happy 20-month-old child now. You would never know that he has been through what he has been through. And, yes, it's him in the background. He's playing with the truck right now.
0: (laughs) Well, that's good to hear that uh, he's happy and healthy. So thanks for sharing that with us. So you mentioned that you had revived people before in your work as an EMT, but never an infant. I think you said the youngest person was 12 years old. And so this is, we're talking to you in February. This is uh, Heart Month and also Congenital Heart Defect Awareness Week is the second week of February. So having gone through this experience, what's your message to the public about learning resuscitation techniques?
1: My message to the public would just be, it does not hurt to get that training to listen to what others have to say. Um, congenital heart disease and defects happen one in a hundred births. It's a quite frequent occurrence, and most people don't know that their child even has a defect until after they're born. They can range from something very small to a hole in the heart to Grayson's conditions, which we won't get into and a lot worse. And I believe that every, every family should take the opportunity to go to a CPR class prenatally or even, you know, after they have given birth, after the child's there, get the children involved. If they have older siblings, older siblings can help. And by having that hands on CPR, it is so crucial and important to the survival rate of all of the patients that they encounter.
0: Well, that's really great advice, and I will tell you that, as I mentioned, my wife and I, we have a son, also named Grayson, and we took a a prenatal class. When we were expecting, they gave us the inflatable infant model to practice on, and we went through it, and while we're not experts um, like you are, it was reassuring to have that training. We should also mention here that uh, the Richmond Ambulance Authority, where you work, will be hosting a virtual CPR demonstration on Thursday, February 25th at noon. Uh, People can go online to raaems.org. That's R-A-A-E-M-S dot org to find out more information. And Tiffany, now that we have discussed the serious and important topics, I do have a couple more lighthearted questions for you just to give our listeners a bit of a sense of who you are beyond the work that you do. The first, and this is something that we ask all our guests on the podcast, we'd like you to envision a hypothetical scenario where you can anticipate your final day on Earth. And if you could do that, what would you choose for your last meal?
1: Oh, that would be... That's a tough one to decide. I don't think I've ever even put that to mind. I am a huge pasta fan, but I also love crab. So I think that it would have to include both of them. And then to finish it off, it would definitely be some pumpkin
0: pie. Okay. That sounds good. I, I, there is a, there's a pasta dish. I can't think of the name of it, but it, there is a pasta dish where it has um, seafood in the sauce. It has like lobster and crab, and I can't think of the name of it, but maybe you, you combine those two. And then there we go. if you could choose one person... From any point in history other than family, this would be someone living or not living, uh, to join you at that meal, who would that person be?
1: That's a very difficult question as well. I have not put thought to that either. I think at this point of time, it would probably be my uncle. He passed away from a heart attack. He was a very fit man. His daughter was born nine days before he passed away. She's a little angel. She was born on Christmas Day. But, anyways, I would love to be able to have another meal with him, to talk to him and see what he would be like now and have him see how I am and, you know, just be able to talk and have that final conversation that we never really got to have.
0: Okay. It's a great pick. Sounds like a good man. And then finally, if you were stranded on a deserted island, what one book, one album, and one movie would you take with you to keep yourself occupied? We will spot you a copy of the religious text of your choice. So, other than that, what are your three entertainment survival kit picks?
1: Mm, my music pick would probably be something by Lana Del Rey. She has a very calming voice to me. My movie would probably be A Walk to Remember or Dirty Dancing. I I like them both very much. Could recite them all to you. And as far as a book, honestly, I'm I'm not an avid reader, so I would have to pass on that one. Maybe you can give me another, you know, music choice instead of a <laughs> sure, book. Sure, <laughs> go for it.
0: Pick a second album, go for it.
1: At the weekend. I okay. love the weekend and his voice as well. So not necessarily an album by them, but maybe if he threw some songs together, did a mashup album, I'd be okay with that.
0: Well, listen, I appreciate you being with us and sharing a few minutes of your time. And with that, that's going to bring us to the close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. If you like what you heard, please make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe so that you know when new episodes are available. And we want to once again thank our guest, Tiffany Hirsch and EMT with Richmond Ambulance Authority for joining us today. So thanks, Tiffany.
1: Thank you again for having me.